You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. I am one of your hosts, Austin, and joined with me every week is David. Hey, guys. And this week, we are continuing our episode part two, talking about Colombia. And the question or the topic of today's episode, as was last week's, is Colombia America's, excuse me, is Colombia South America's most gay-friendly country? Uh, the answer is no, it's not America's <laughs> most gay-friendly country. Uh, yes, we were really lucky to line up two great guests who know a lot about Colombian business and tourism, and we were really excited to get their different perspectives. Last week, we spoke to uh, Felipe Cardenas Gonzalez. He's the CEO of the Colombian LGBT Plus Chamber of Commerce and the IGLTA board chair. And uh, he talked to us about um, some of the some of the best destinations to travel in and about Colombian businesses in general in the country. And today we're going to talk to Sam Holdren, who is the CEO and founder of Out in Colombia. And he'll talk to us about the tourism side of the country, his his company and share some of his travel experiences and expertise. But before we get started, we have just a few uh, announcements and reminders. If you've been listening to our episodes, you'll know that we host uh, three trips uh, this year in 2022. And this this week, we want to highlight our trip to Barcelona and Sitges, which is happening from May 12th to 18th uh, in May. And we're excited because we actually just uh, sold the seventh spot for Barcelona. So we'll be a group of nine so far. We have plenty of more spaces and we actually have three more spots open available for the 200 euro discount. So visit our website, twobadtourist.com, to learn more about Barcelona as well as our gay sailing trips and to need, Greece and Croatia later this year. And you need to fix your announcement from our last episode. I need to fix my announcement. And apparently next week I'm going to have to fix my announcement about uh, asking if Colombia is America's <laughs> most gay friendly country. I'm just going to, yeah, I'll just stop talking. <laughs> we need a new host. So uh, last week, I said that we are ambassadors for the LGBT Music Festival, and I mistakenly say that festival is in Porto, Spain. Porto is the second not city of Portugal. <laughs> it's not Spain. So just uh, just uh, fixing that. So the LGBT Music Festival, is we're excited to attend. It's from July 1st through 3rd uh, this year, and it is in Portugal. <laughs> Make yep. note. So tickets are available. The, the first round of tickets um, are actually sold out, but there's still tickets you can buy which include like accommodation and VIP. And I think they're going to open another round um, shortly. So did you know that our, our listener also got a ticket? To the, I did. The I see Megan and she out. is going to meet us. At the we'll LGBT see you in Portugal, Megan. Woohoo. Okay. So um, tickets uh, hopefully will be released soon, more tickets, but you can still get a tickets and accommodation. Okay, anyway, so if you like our show, please subscribe to it on Colin and give this episode a like with a heart icon. And on social media, we're always at Too Bad Tourists. Also, please feel free to leave us a comment. You can leave it on the episodes after they're published or anywhere on our social media channels and let us know what you like about the show or what you want to hear more of. We have lots of great ideas, uh, but we would love to hear uh, more ideas from our listeners. So um, last week, as we mentioned, we talked to uh, Felipe about um, kind of the business side, the LGBT plus uh, businesses in Colombia. Uh, one of the things we learned, we're just going to do like a, a quick recap. Yep. So he talked to us about uh, Colombia being the second most progressive country in Latin America with regard to LGBT plus rights in legislation. Uh, and that was all just within the past 10 years. So it's moved really fast from a, from a legal standpoint. Yeah, they, he said right after Uruguay, right? Right. Um, and he talked about, I think, same-sex marriage, same-sex adoption, 
even last week after we talked to him, I think is when I heard about uh, abortion rights. Yeah, I think it's really in, only in past protections and rights related to, to trans people that they may be lagged behind. But just, uh, uh, yeah, on, uh, doing great. So I'm excited to hear more from um, Sam's perspective, too. What else did we learn from Felipe? So Felipe mentioned four cities that are specific, uh, that are really popular for LGBT travels. Bogota, Medellin, Cartagena, and Barranquilla, which has like kind of a gay carnival. So Sam will tell us, I'm sure, more about that. And um, yeah, we just learned a little bit more about the, the kind of general business side, you know, LGBT-owned businesses and businesses welcoming to the community. But this week, we will obviously talk more about traveling and some of the travel opportunities uh, within the country and even beyond those four cities, which I'm sure uh, Sam will tell us all about. So if you want to listen to part one of the episode, uh, definitely go check it out. Um, you can listen episode to episode seven. seven, I believe. So also, I just want to remind uh, apparently Megan, who is our only <laughs> listener, if at any point you want to call in and ask us a question or maybe Sam a question, please feel free to do so. In the bottom right hand corner, there is a phone icon. You can click that and um, we'll see that you want to ask a question. And we, uh, if we're feeling nice, we'll let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, well, let's get Sam on and, and get his perspective on all things Colombia. So, Sam, I'm going to unmute you now and you are welcome to join us. So see if you can accept the unknown. All right. There, there you are. Welcome, <laughs> Sam. Hi, Thanks. Sam. Welcome to Queer Travel Chat. Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So, Tam, Sam, Tam, your name's Tam now. I'm going to have to make a lot of corrections. Tammy. Yeah, it's Tammy. So, Tammy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> tell, us, tell us and all of our listeners, listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do today. Sure. Um, well, actually, you know, I have been running uh, out in Colombia, which is a inbound tour operator business in Colombia for mm, the past five or six years. Um, I came down to Colombia um, about seven or eight years ago um, and to study Spanish and then just fell in love with the place and decided to come back. But I'm originally from from the States. Uh, I grew up in, in California, in Central California. Then I went to Arizona, where I went to Arizona State University with you guys, actually. Um, and we were part of an amazing fraternity. I don't know if you guys remember those days um, <laughs> together. I do. I've forgotten most of them. But... And that was actually right. the next question we were going to ask. <laughs> oh, yeah, was it? oh, how we met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did tell us met? about how we how we met. It's, it's interesting. We have similar stories. You, you went to Colombia from Arizona. We went to Spain. Um, but both Spanish-speaking countries. But, yeah, let's back up, like, 15 years. Yeah, we were all yeah. at Arizona State University, I think not studying what we're all currently working in. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I studied political <laughs> science and then social work. So Yeah, I was an engineer and David was a microbiologist. <laughs> yeah, so all very different paths. It's kind of crazy how we ended up here. Um, okay, so do you remember anything about how we met? Do you remember... I mean, were you president of the fraternity at that time? Who was that? Oh, I was, I don't think so. I don't think I was ever president of like that, at least on the chapter level. Um, I have no idea. I mean, like certainly you guys must have, you know, joined, were you guys in the same class? Like, yeah, we were, were the same, same class. class. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think when we joined, I think you had graduated. I think you were mm. a graduate student and we're doing, um, you were doing a master's degree, if I, if I remember right. Oh, okay. But I was still engaged. Oh, so were we not active yeah, members together? Cool. 
But long story short, we've known each other for like 15 years, and here we are. We stayed in touch, and coincidentally, we all moved to Spanish-speaking countries, and now we all work in tourism. And not just tourism, but LGBT tourism, and we all work together, which is really cool. Um, and we'll get into it yeah. later. I went and visited Sam a few years ago and, and did some of his trips. So, I mean, with that said, tell us a little bit about Out in Colombia and what experiences you guys um, offer for your clients. Yeah, I mean, so as I mentioned, you know, we are what you consider an inbound you know, tour operator. So we're basically like a, a destination management company. Um, and we um, organize tour packages that are custom made for our customers based on sort of their interests when they travel. So some people are interested in adventure and some people are interested in culture. And some people are interested in party. Uh, and so we'll package that up for them uh, and, and organize everything with the people that the hotels that we you know, pre-selected that we've chosen that we know are gay friendly, that are gay welcoming, um, and that have a certain level of uh, quality of service, right? Because, you know, it is Colombia, and as amazing as it is here, um, the doors just opened to the world about, you know, five or so years ago mm -hmm. after a peace process was signed, and people just started to come here. So people are really just for the first time ever having these interactions with with foreigners <laughs> and so they don't know their expectations and so that's what you know so we've chosen the places that that get it um and that can cater customers customers well um none of that answers your question so tell us a little bit about um the, your customers and your guests then um where do they typically come from are they large groups is it couples what do your guests look like where are they from yeah good question i mean like most of our clients come to the united states i mean that's where i spend most of my time promoting and interacting and that's where my network is um, and that's where things started um so most of our clients come to the united states but we also get people from all over the world uh, mexico from spain from from other places in latin america from recently from from the uk um, we've had clients and and part of that is you know people people are just finding us but also we have built and continue to build a network of travel agents that we work with around the world who then also want to promote um, gay tourism in Colombia. So um, we get people that way as well. And and typically, how how large of a group is it? Uh, that all depends. It varies. More recently, we've been dealing with larger groups. So we're dealing with groups from 10 to 25 or so. Um, we just did a group with um, a group of lesbians, actually, um, which was awesome. And they, they were a group of 15 or so. Um, but before that, you know, we're dealing with one-on-one. -on -one. Like, oftentimes we get single travelers, mm -hmm. largely couples. Um, yeah. And um, but, but I think that's changing. There's a lot of people that do want to travel in groups. And there's a lot of agencies that we're working with that want to organize groups. So, you know, we're here to help them. And, and typically, how long is a trip? Yeah, good question. Um, it, again, we build things you know, according to the needs of our clients. So if you're in Miami... Or, or, or Fort Lauderdale, you, know, you could do a long weekend um, and get back because it's just a three-hour uh -huh. flight, right? Okay. Uh, or so. Um, but um, typically, seven to ten days is what I would say. I spent mostly ten days. Sometimes it goes longer, 12 to 14 days. Uh, and that's just because Colombia has so much to offer. There's so much to see. Um, and it's so, sort of hard to package it all in um, when you have such a short amount of time. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, seven to ten days probably is not nearly enough to really you know, see everything. Yeah, probably barely the highlights. <laughs> true. So, the okay, I'm, I'm thinking back, you know, I'm thinking back to 15 years, I think when we met, if I'm not mistaken, you were studying social work, but suddenly you, you decided to move to Colombia, learn Spanish and start a, a travel business. So what was your, what was your motivation? <laughs> why, Sam? Why? Yeah, what, what were you thinking? Why? The boys, they're just so sexy. No, um, <laughs> uh, I should have known that answer. <laughs> although, 
<laughs> that's true. Although it is true, I will not lie. Like the Corman guys are just beautiful. They, um, but like that the, was the I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> well, then you got to come down um, and you know get a taste for yourself. But let's see here. So what was I saying? Um, <laughs> why, what, why, so what, what motivated <laughs> you to go down there apart from oh, no. the gorgeous? No, no, no. I actually came down here with the real intention of learning Spanish. Uh, my grandmother is a monolingual Spanish speaker, Mexican, um, who had moved to the United States, migrated. My mom is um, bilingual. Uh, I could never have a conversation with my grandmother. Uh, okay. And so I wanted to be able to have that direct conversation with her rather than having my mom or one of my aunts or uncles translate, right? So that, that was my real motivation. You know, when I came down here, you know, I just discovered this amazing paradise, you know, where it's just beautiful. Medellin is where I live now. It's the city of eternal spring. It's modern. It's, um, but it's, it has this sort of feel of like you're like in the jungle, but you're not. Um, and you're in this modern city. It's just cool. And, and it just blew my mind. And so I fell in love with the place. Um, and that's what brought me back down here. Yeah. And how many years it. have you been there now? Oh, I like, I think seven years now. Uh, and how? How do you feel about your level of Spanish? When do you think you really, you know, felt like you, you've learned it to a point where you can speak it with ease? Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, it's an evolution, right? It's always ongoing. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I think, like, after two months is when I could actually have a conversation. So I immersed myself. I came down here. Bullshit. After two myself. months? No, no, no. But it was intentional. Like, I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I, like you I really put in the effort. Yes, I stayed away from gringos. I stayed away from, you know, uh, okay. English speakers. Okay. And I just went out there into the world. And I actually, you know, I took immer uh, immersion courses and things like that. And then just practiced. And then after about two months, it just sort of clicked. I wasn't fluent, you know, perfect. But I could have a conversation at that point yeah. and ask questions in Spanish to clarify things, right? Yeah, like, over yeah. Over time, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, and that's I specifically avoided the word fluent because that can really mean so many different things to different people. So it's like, you know, wh where you felt comfortable is what I want to get across. But that's amazing because yeah, I think Austin and I took a couple years, really. Yeah, I, you definitely progressed much faster than we did. And, and when I went to visit you in 2019, um, I guess you had been living there maybe maybe three or four years at the time, if my math was right. I had been living in Spain longer and I, and I was really impressed with your level of Spanish. And, um, and I assume because you had to start working in Spanish with tourism, you know, folks in the tourism industry that really just kind of pushed you even more to, to, you know, get a better grasp on it. Well, even before I, I was doing another job, I worked for another company mm -hmm. um, and I managed a team of web developers right, who were in another city. So, it, you know, all the communication was, was over like a chat like this, like you know, video chat. Right. And that was such a challenge because their Spanish was even different than the Spanish that I was learning in the region of Colombia. The, the accents are completely different. Um, but just sort of being forced into it just, you know, makes you better, right? Right. Well, speaking of challenges, what were the challenges of actually starting a business in Colombia, particularly for someone who is a foreigner? I didn't expect to ever do this, right? This was just sort of just something that happened. Um, but I knew I wanted to have an impact. Um, and tourism seemed to be sort of like the right way to do it, especially in Colombia, which was, again, as I mentioned, was just opening its doors. But it was challenging. Fortunately, I have the help of people like Felipe Cardenas, who you mentioned earlier. Um, we became a member of the, the Gay Chamber, the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and he personally gave me coaching on understanding just how to navigate the bureaucratic system. That, that's, I think, the biggest challenge. 
like Colombia or any place it is like this, you know, when you set up a business, you have all these, all this paperwork to fill out and all these rules. And I had to learn them and I had to understand, you know, them in Spanish and I had to you know, figure everything out and make sure that we're, we, you know, we're doing things correctly um, and setting things up properly. That was the biggest challenge, honestly, <laughs> was just mm-hmm. going through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some helpers. And so that was great. What are uh, some of the benefits or drawbacks do you think of, of having a business in Colombia versus the U.S.? Well, actually, I have both. So, um, interestingly, I set up, I think Jet sort of has something like this. You guys talked to Jet Nelly yeah. the, other, the other week. Um, yeah. I heard you guys talk about this as well. I've actually talked to him at length sort of about these processes and how they, how they work. Um, but, um, so, I have a business in Phoenix, registered. Um, you know, I still am somewhat of a part-time resident in Phoenix, uh, and I also have the business set up in Colombia, and they do business together. So I, I, I think the benefit of having a business in Colombia is it makes you legitimate uh, locally. Um, you can contribute to the local tax base as well. Um, and, um, you know, you, I'm hiring Colombian employees, so they're getting their benefits uh, mm-hmm. that, they're, that they should be getting. Uh, it, it, it just helps you with credibility, you know, in starting a tourism business, we get different rates as a Colombian business than we would as sort of as a, as a foreign business. Uh, and so those are sort of some of the benefits I think you get by having, having both places. Plus you have access to, to both systems, right? You know, we're in the United States, so we have access to, to resources that are available to American businesses. Yes, absolutely. We have access to resources that are available to Colombian businesses, right? Yeah, having both is, is a good setup. How big is your Out in Colombia team, by the way? Well, right now we're four. Um, we just hired a new guy. His name is Mateo. Um, he might be listening. I'm not sure. But he's our new salesperson. Um, and it's an amazing team, all very committed, dedicated. Um, but we're four staffers, and we actually will be hiring a fifth person pretty soon um, just because we're experiencing like, a lot of growth and expansion. Right now. Great. Well, talking about keeping things local and working with the community, let's talk a little bit about sustainability because I know I know that you did some work in sustainability. I think you studied some, and I know that's a big it's a big part of your business. And I think you actually even have a, a charity um, that you're involved with. So, tell us a little bit about the work you do with sustainability and and how does that play into your business that out in Colombia. No, for sure. Um, actually, at the time that I started the business, again, I wasn't sure that I was going to do this, but then I did. Um, I felt like, you know, I need to I need to make sure I'm doing it the right way. I actually started a master's program remotely through Arizona State University, um, another master's in sustainable leadership and sustainable tourism. Uh, and so that's been driving everything that we've, we've done, right, and set the foundation of our business as a sustainable tourism business. You know, our, our we target and we work with and we provide a space for gay travelers, but um, sustainability really is fundamental to, to, to our identity and, and what we do. Um, what does that mean? You know, it's very complicated because you know, some people think sustainability and they think like an eco-hotel. Not yeah, yeah. Right. In fact, uh, I, I never put anybody in an eco-hotel. Like the people who are looking for an eco-hotel usually just go straight to an eco-hotel. They, they wouldn't contact me. Um, but, you know, it, it just depends. Uh, it's a lot of variety of sort of how sustainability can look. Um, it's all about balancing like the local needs with your travelers' needs, um, and all finding the right balance between economic impacts, the social impact, the environmental impact. But let me give you some examples, right? So um, we promote entrepreneurship with local members of the gay community. We've created an experience called cooking out and dining out with the gay chef 
who comes from a really struggling neighborhood and would never have access really to the tourism sector. Uh, but they were working with him and, and he's created a product and, and we work together and put that and we promote that and sell that product and put it in one of our packages. You know, that helps him economically. That helps keep the money sort of spreading through the local community. It's a way that tourism can have a positive impact on the local community. And those are the types of things. That's just one example of the types of things that, that we like to focus on. I love that example. Um, talking more about Colombia in general, why would you say people should visit the country and especially why should LGBT plus people go? Yeah, uh, well, it's surprisingly, I mean, I think for a lot of, I say surprisingly, but for a lot of people, they just really don't know. It's very gay friendly, very queer friendly. Um, and even in the past five years, uh, you've seen just a lot of growth and diversity of expression within the community. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but beyond that, there's just so much diversity in the country, you know, not just you know, on a people level, but just on a geographic level, a climate level, there's so much to offer and it's really easy to get to, right? And so you can go from Bogota, which is a, an urban center with, I think might be the largest gay nightclub on, in the yeah, world. I, think, I don't know, Austin, you and I have this conversation. It's, it's, definitely, right? I, it's definitely South America, it might even be the world. So let's, let's, let's put a pin on that and try to do some <laughs> research and we'll get back to you. Well, I'm going to keep claiming that it's the largest nightclub in the world. It's massive. I really yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's going to correct you if you say that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's a really cool space, and it's very sort of metropolitan city, like very international. And you got a place like Medellin, and you got, uh, which is the city of Richmond Spring. And the queer culture here is sort of just coming up, and you're seeing a lot of new bars open up, and, and just spaces for queer people. And I think it's really cool. Um, you know, then you've got the, the Caribbean coast for people that want some beach, you know, get down to their swimsuit and dive into, like, the warm waters. It's just, it's just a cool place to be. Um, and you have a lot in a, such a small little area that you can experience. Yeah, well, I'm definitely sold because I do agree it's kind of more starting to become on people's radars as a great destination to, to visit. And, you know, it's just becoming on mine as well. I know Austin's been, but I haven't. And the more I'm talking with you and Felipe, is I'm getting more excited to go whenever that happens. Yeah, awesome. yeah we did. We did actually just do a Google search, largest gay nightclub in the world. And the first thing that came up was Teatron, which which is the one in Bogota. Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty safe to say it's it's the biggest one. Um, there might be some parties here and there that, that might have more people, but they're not like, Death Throne is like a dedicated nightclub. So well, I think, that's reason I think enough. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, let's go. Well, all right. So we talked about how we met 15 years ago. We talked about you moved to Columbia six, seven years ago. You started this business. Let's talk about, you know, the past two years, which have been, of course, really difficult for everyone. I'm sure you've, you've um, had your own challenges. How have you managed your business during the, the pandemic? I mean, like, I think you probably have some insight into that too, Austin, but like, um, yeah, it's been crazy, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, in March, what is it, of 2020, you were, I, were you just said, no, I was just with a, a bunch of agents and everybody's all gunko ready to go and the pandemic hit and everything shut down, right? And you're like, mm -hmm. what the hell are we going to do? Uh, you know, I spent the first part of the pandemic just really focusing on, on raising capital through grants and emergency funds that were available to small businesses, both in the U.S. and in Columbia, because, again, we have both entities. Um, and and so we accessed that, that, that resource because, you know, one thing I actually learned that was really applicable through my sustainability, like, degrees um, was that for a business to be sustainable, they have to be resilient. And in crisis, you know, you only have – most businesses in the world really only have about three months of, of liquidity. Uh, and so I, 
you can't survive a, a long-term pandemic that we're actually still in if you only have three months of liquidity. And we were certainly in that, but we didn't have enough liquidity that was going to carry us through. So I just spent a lot of time going out there for grants um, and resources, and even loans um, long-term that, that would um, sustain us in the meantime. But what we did, we didn't just sit around and twirl our thumbs. We focused internally um, to improve and prepare for when people were ready to travel. Um, so for example, we never really had like a product database. We didn't really have anything in order. We didn't have any systems set up um, because everything we did was sort of like as soon, as soon as we got a quote, you know, we then would build a budget, build an itinerary, and it would be very manual. It was a very manual process. We actually spent that time just sort of setting all of those systems up and then digital digitizing it, right? Getting it into a platform. Now, you know, a proposal that used to take me maybe two weeks sometimes to come up with, and you can't really make sales if you get back to a client in two weeks. Now it takes me 15 minutes, right? And so we increased, uh, we improved that experience for our clients so that they can get a fast response just by focusing internally on, on the systems that we needed to build that we never really had the chance to do so before the pandemic because we were just too busy trying to keep up. Yeah. So it sounds like challenges turned into opportunities, which um, I know a lot of us in tourism took advantage of that. Do you feel that out in Colombia, like it, you're starting to pick up business again, that you're on the other side or are you still yeah. recovering? No, yeah, for sure. In fact, I think last year we had the most profitable year ever um, as a business. Oh, I'm glad uh, largely from sales, largely from sales in October and beyond, right? People were just like ready to travel. Yeah, um, yeah, so, that's fantastic. Cool. So let's talk about the future. What, what, what does the future hold for out in Colombia? What, what sorts of things are you thinking in the next few months, few years? I mean, maintain the status quo, honestly, is where we're at. Like, you know, we're, we've been, in fact, I just hired somebody, as I mentioned. Um, so we're growing you know, as it is. Um, but sort of keeping up with those requests and those demands from, from our clients, I think immediately in the next couple of months, <laughs> that's what that's where we're going to be. Um, just creating more capacity so that we can expand our reach. We definitely want to reach a more global community. You know, I mentioned that that we yeah. target largely people in the United States, but I know there's people all over the world that want to travel here. Um, and, you know, we're not really talking to them. So, you know, we're, we're sort of gearing ourselves up to be able to take on more clients and, and just help people, you know, have an amazing experience here in Colombia. Well, I want to talk a little bit more also about your experience just living as an expat in Colombia. So what, what is it like being an American expat in Colombia? How, how is your experience there <laughs> and, and, you know, becoming part of the community? Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, but surprisingly, in Medellin in particular, there's a, there's a lot of expats. And that's been growing, like, dramatically, especially recently. A, a lot of American expats or, or from everywhere? Well, from everywhere, but especially the United States. I mean, there's proximity issues, right? You know, like, we're, mm -hmm. we're just a few hours to the United States. Like, it's, it's faster for me to get to parts of the United States than it was when I lived in Boston and had to get back to California, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. we're, yeah, we're closer... Yeah. To, to New York than we are to um, Rio de Janeiro. If you, if, if you really look at the, the maps, um, that's, it, it's amazing how close we are to the States. And so that's um, crazy. That for proximity issues, I think that's why we attract a lot of Americans, right? But it's cool. I mean, like there's a lot of Americans here and a lot of people from around the world. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the springtime weather. It's just amazing. <laughs> um, it, like it, it, you have perfect climate it's all the time um just pretty standard climate and it's it's amazing but um i like it people are very friendly i when i first came here you know i came here before the peace deal was signed uh, which i didn't really know anything about at the time 
Um, but people really had not seen sort of somebody who looked like me. Wait, did you say that again? You, you went there before when? The peace deal. Before oh, the, okay. peace, so, the peace deal that's was, when it was, was opened up? Place. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's when sure. it just, yeah, when it opened up more. Okay, got it. Yeah. So it was like, that's when you had like a more boom. People felt more like, okay, there's a peace deal. I can go there now. Um, but I mean, I went and went to go buy something at a, at like a Home Depot type place. Um, and somebody came up to me to offer me a credit card for the store. And then at that time, I'm talking to this person and this lady's walking by and she stops and she just stares at me and gets closer and closer and closer because she's never seen anything like me. She ignored her husband who was trying to get her attention and she interrupts the conversation. She says, you're not from here, are you? I've never seen anybody who looks like me. Um, now that's changed over time, you know, because again, there's more people here. Um, but that's just... Um, it was such an, a unique experience being somebody who was different, who uh -huh. stood out versus somebody, you know, who back in the States, I just, you know, fit right in. Right. Um, yeah. It was a cool experience. Very different too. Do you, I mean, of course we don't know what the future holds, but do you ever anticipate uh, moving back to the U S I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an open book. You know, I'd love to travel more. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, live in multiple places. Honestly, I think my dream is to be, Six months in Medellin, three months in Mexico City, and then three months traveling the world because I just love Mexico that much. Um, and, and you know, obviously spending some time back in the states, but but I don't know, you know, I don't know where the, what the future holds. That's um, a nice dream, though. Um, this is a nice dream. Yeah, right. Well, what about well, you know who you know who's doing that dream? Santiago Aguirre, your your colleague, right? Um, Austin, you work for um, an ITLT. I don't know if I can mention that. Yeah, um, no, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I do know. Yeah, he he does a lot of remote work, and in fact, our our guest on our Puerto Vallarta episode, Jet, um, does a little bit of that too. Because particularly because Puerto Vallarta mm -hmm. is a destination with seasons, and they have a low season. He typically travels for about three months a year during those season yeah. because he doesn't really have a lot of business anyways. Um, and he just sort of built his, his life that way. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to, to pursue it. Definitely. But let's, so you, you mentioned a couple of, um, of examples of, of kind of, you know, uh, sticking out a little bit, but has there been anything else that surprised you about living in Colombia? I mean, I, you guys sort of alluded to this earlier. I mean, I think it's a very progressive place, um, especially in terms of the laws. But I think people are very progressive in general, very open-minded. Um, I mean, there's the courts here, I was going through this, like have ruled that lesbians can have conjugal visits. <laughs> uh, it's a constitutionally guaranteed right. <laughs> yeah, I like, get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other place, any other indicator that could tell you how progressive a place then you know, having this. a fundamental right to fuck your partner you know your same-sex partner in prison right we're, we're gonna create a an audio highlight of this lesbian <laughs> conjugal visit in colombia look it up that, it. that is I the indicator of progressiveness um <laughs> wait sam i don't know if you heard at the top of the episode that i was mentioning something about like uh, recent abortion rights in colombia do you know anything about that or am i just pulling that off my that ass no, no, it's, it's, it's relatively recently. I think the courts ruled. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a policy person. I love politics and stuff, but I just haven't paid too close attention to it. But I think, uh, yeah, they just lifted the ban. There's a ban on a yeah, here in Colombia, but they lifted it. I'm not sure exactly the specifics. I mean, I it's all like women getting their rights, abortion rights, lesbian conjugal visit rights. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve it. Um, Sam, where in Colombia do you recommend people visit that is not Bogota or Medellin? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like I think I mentioned Cartagena is a great spot. I mean, it's really beautiful. It's very mm-hmm. picturesque. It's just it's an old historic center. Um, but then you have to get out to the islands, the the Islas del Rosario, um, are where the best beaches are. Um, private beaches, uh, more comfortable. Um, it's just crystal clear waters and white sand beaches. Um, but there's other places, maybe Santa Marta. Santa Marta is a great spot along the um, the coastline as well in the Caribbean. That uh, is a smaller city. It's actually similar to Puerto Vallarta in its feel. Um, and um, uh, it's got this amazing national park, Tyrona National Park, where that is private and, and, and protected. And those beaches are pristine. They even shut down the park like certain times of the year just to let the, um, the natural environment just sort of recuperate. Good. Um, because they get so many tourists out there. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but it's just an interesting place because you have this like snow cap now in Sierra Nevada, right next to the hot ocean. It, it's just a weird, weird place, but it's cool. Um, it's a nice spot. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's another place too that I really, really, really like. Um, it's called the Kokora Valley. Um, in fact, we named our foundation, we created a foundation, Austin mentioned this earlier, called Kokora Alliance. It's named after this, this valley because it's just this like, um, a cloud forest, so it's high up, it's mountains, and there's these palm trees, the tallest palm trees in the world are there, and they're, they're extinct, I mean, they're extinct, they're, they're endangered, um, at you know, risk of going extinct, but it's such a, a, an amazing place to sort of see and see something completely different that you won't see anywhere else in the world. It's in the middle of co- the coffee region, um, and, you know, Colombian coffee is, is the best in the world, it really is. Um, it is. And... You can have some amazing coffee while you're out there, sort of doing a stroll, nature hike, um, riding horses. It, it's it's a really sort of nature type experience, um, but I love it. It's one of my favorite places. Well, I'm excited for you to plan my trip out there. Sam, right. cool. is, is there any question that you wish we had asked you or something else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, you know, what, what have we talked about? We talked about lesbians having sex and uh-huh. um, nature, horse rides, the biggest gay Hot club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really just ticked <laughs> off a lot of boxes. Them all. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Sam. Where where can people learn more about you and your business? Yeah, I mean, it's easy. Outincolumbia.com. That's our website. Tons of information on there. Um, of course, you know, we're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, so you can reach us there as well. But most of our information is on our website. Um, and then we'll be happy to, to talk with you. Just reach out and, and we can set up a call, a video chat, whatever. Um, I love I love helping people sort of navigate this country because there's just so much to see. And Sam, more, more importantly, uh, where are you traveling to next? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Milan. <laughs> Actually, okay, Austin thought. I bet it's Milan. Milan. <laughs> <laughs> for in October, so, uh, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Um, yeah, um, October. Tell Actually, us. I'll probably be going through my through Madrid. Isn't that where you guys are located? Yeah, yeah, um, we're yeah. in Madrid. Oh. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be stopping through there. I think flying through there because it's direct flights. But um, Milan is the IGLTA uh, annual conference. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, IGLTA is the International LGBTQ plus travel association. That's my day job. I do their marketing. Um, Sam's a member of that. It's a member based association of of tourism businesses all around the world. So we do a a convention once a year. So sounds like we might see each other in Madrid and well, two bad tourists will also be in Milan. So we're going to see you in Milan. Woo! We'll have a reunion. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sam. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on the episode. 
uh, part two of Columbia. I think everyone by now, if you've been listening or you're going to be listening, I think we all uh, hopefully agree that Columbia, you know, if it's not the most gay-friendly destination in Latin America, it's definitely in the top, absolutely. So thank you for joining us. You're welcome to to stay on, um, for, and we're going to close up the episode. Yeah, and Sam, we hope to see you in Madrid anytime. I don't know if you have a layover or not, but let us know. In the future, we're happy to, to put you up, and we'd love to see you. Awesome. Can't wait. Okay, um, we're going to put you on mute and we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. Okay, let's see. So thank you, uh, Sam, of course, and thank you to all the live listeners, all of our guests, everyone who tunes in every week and listens after the fact. So just shout outs to our live listeners today, Megan, Juan, and Javier. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like the show, again, please subscribe to it on Colin. Give the episode a like with a heart on, uh, once it's published. And you can follow us. Um, we're at Two Bad Tourists on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment uh, on our episodes once they're published. And let us know what you like about the show and what you want to hear more of. So a bit of a sneak peek for next episode. Uh, next Tuesday, we are going to be speaking with Luann Halden, who is the VP of Communications for IGLTA, who we just spoke about. And... I work with Loanne and we, I'm actually really excited about this episode because it's going to be, I think it's a really interesting conversation, maybe a little bit controversial, but we'll talk about whether or not LGBT people should travel to anti-gay countries or countries where um, maybe LGBT rights is not as advanced. They're not as welcoming to the community. They're not places like Colombia, but places that maybe are a little bit more challenging. Um, and then we'll also talk a little bit about um, travel boycotts and, you know, whether or not travel boycotts are an effective uh, way to, um, you know, sort of voice your opinion about traveling to a destination or not traveling. So she's really uh, well-versed in that. And That's really going to be a great episode. I can't so. wait to yeah bring that up and, and pick her brain about it. So thank you, Sam. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Until next week, uh, we will be back with another episode of Queer Travel Chat. Bye, See everyone. You. Thank you. Bye.